Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue reading Hovos Halevavot. We're finishing the gate of repentance just in time before Rosh Hashanah. And, um, and uh, this chapter really is a lot of food for thought. It's not easy to acknowledge our, our, our boo-boos in life. It's not easy to be uh, responsible for ourselves. Um, really, in this world, I see it today, uh, more and more you were either a victim or, or, or victorious, a, a victim or victorious. You choose which one you want to be. Either you stand right and, and straight and you are a, a victorious human being in this world, or you choose to be a victim of circumstances, of people around you. And when you choose that, that way, well, yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry for you. But in reality, we're not meant to be victims, we're meant to be victorious. And yes, many people have many uh, life circumstances that have led them in certain paths, but Hashem teaches us, and He's shown it one and two and three and thousands and millions of times throughout the ages that we can always return to Him, we can always do Teshuvah, we can always correct ourselves, we can always tap into that inner essence, the, the true self that we are, which is that soul that is eternal, that no matter what happens in this world is not ruined, it's perfect, and when we tap into that part of us, everything is possible. So today, Rabbi Pakuda finishing off the, 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 the chapter, Shar Ha Teshuvah, the gate of repentance, he wants to give us counsel, he wants to give us advice for those people that it's hard for them to repent. And really, what makes it hard to repent is to be able to tap into humility. When people are arrogant and they don't want to recognize that they have wronged, when it's easier to blame the other person instead of themselves and look inside and see what can change, then it's very hard to, to, to do Teshuvah. And so he says here that there's two classes of uh, Teshuvah that are specific. Either it is in relation with Hashem, things that we do between us and God, and other are the ones that we do between us and our fellow man. So for example, between us and Hashem would be that uh, we're, not, we're not a Jew, for example, not eating kosher, not keeping Shabbos. This is between you and Hashem. You're really not harming anybody by not doing it. You're harming yourself and your relationship with God. But there's other, uh, other class, which is between us and our fellow man, which are harder to, 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 to correct. It's harder to do Teshuvah for these ones because Hashem will always forgive us. He's ready to forgive us no matter what we do. He'll forgive us between Him and us. But the ones that we do against other people, Hashem cannot forgive us for those. We need to go to the person that we wronged and we have to correct whatever we did. And that is even harder. So. The, for example, people that steal from someone or they do lashonara um, about somebody or they do injustice to somebody. These are very hard 
things to correct because the, 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 the ego gets involved and it doesn't allow us to be able to, to, to humble ourselves and really go to the other person and say, I'm so sorry, I know I did something terrible to you. I wronged you and I'm really, really sorry. So it is important to note that we're in this time of the year, especially in the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are the days that we have to ask forgiveness, for for to other people and to Hashem and um, it is hard to to go to a person and ask forgiveness it's not easy it's not easy but at the end of the day it's the most liberating experience and it's important to know that if a person comes to you and asks forgiveness he has to ask three times for three times and if you don't forgive them then you are evil Hashem will forgive him and you will be accounted for that because it's an evil, it's an evil trait. It's not a good trait to have. We have to be forgiving people. Just as Hashem is forgiving towards us, we have to be forgiving towards other people. It doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with them, you're going to invite them over for dinner and you're going to have the same relationship you used to have before. But forgiveness is a beautiful character trait. As they say, Alexander Pope, he used to say, to err is human and to forgive is divine. So whichever class it belongs to, if repentance is impossible for him on account of one of his inhibiting factors, like if a person for him is too hard to go and ask for forgiveness, if he then takes upon himself all the essentials and conditions of repentance within his power and ability, if he really wants to, to repent, if he really wants to ask forgiveness, but he, he, he just can't get to it. It's too hard for him. He, it's very hard for him, but the will, the desire is to really ask for forgiveness. Then it says here that Hashem will give him assistance. He'll give him divine assistance and it will, he will make it easy for him that he should go and pardon someone else or ask forgiveness from someone else. And he will make it easy for him. So if the transgression was that of the for forbidden, God forbid, uh, illicit relationships, like for example, a father with a daughter or a man with a married woman or whatever, and there's a baby that is born from this forbidden relationship, then Hashem will cause that baby to pass away. And, and, and this will show that he has been forgiven. And if it involved monetary fraud, for example, or embezzlement, that Hashem will provide him with the money so that he may repay his fellow and conciliate him and thereby win his forgiveness. So the only thing we have to do is to really want to be forgiven. That's it. Just want it, just desire to be forgiven. If you have that desire or you have a desire to forgive somebody, then the whole world will open for you. And so it says here, if he injured his fellow in body or reputation, the Hashem, may he be exalted, will kindle feelings of goodwill and friendship in the heart of his fellow. So if you did something to somebody that really, really was, you, you injured him in his emotions or in his body and you really want to be forgiven, Hashem will bring grace in the eyes of the other when he sees you and he will give you forgiveness. As it says in Mishlei, when God is pleased with a man's ways, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him.
And then he says, if the injured party moves far away from him, the creator will arrange that they meet. So the only thing that is interposing, uh, that is a wall between you and forgiveness, is your desire. So if he does not know whom he has wronged or the amount of money he embezzled from them, the Almighty will en enable him to contribute money to projects to the for the general welfare, such as the building of bridges, uh, digging wells, public use, roads that will benefit many people. If the person he defrauded has died, for example, he passed away and he never had the chance to repay, to go and pay him, if he caused this person bodily harm or has spoken disparagingly of him, he should confess to this in his grave, in the repentance, in front of 10 witnesses. And, um, and if he does this, he will be forgiven. As it says in Yoma, he should take 10 men, stand them by his grave and say, I have sinned against Hashem, the God of Israel, and against this person, naming this person whom I have injured, and he will be forgiven. And all that keeps a sinner from repentance is his own corrupt inner life. This is the only thing that keeps a person from getting in the right track is his, his, his bad life, his bad life. But if he sincerely wishes to draw close to Hashem, then Hashem will give him everything he needs in order to be able to connect. On the contrary, God opens the gate of refinement for him and his grace and benevolence guides him on the right path. As it says in Tehillim, God is close to all who call him, to all who call him in truth. And so we see here that we have to prepare uh, ourselves for this. This is the time that his, Rabbi Pakuda is giving us his suk, he's giving us strength to be able to go in the right way. And he says, he says that the response is determined only by what we do and not by what we say. So the most important thing is our actions. Not so much what we say, not so much what we think, it's what we end up doing. Doing is everything. For only he who has sense to the good will attain it today, while the fruit of negligence is remorse. And he says here, awake my brother. And this is so in tune with the, with the weak. Awake my brother from the slumber of your ignorance and have mercy on your soul, like have mercy on your neshama because your soul is really hurting from the misdeeds that you have committed. And remember, your soul is the essence of Hashem. It's pure, it's holy, it's, it's packed into this body that is taking him everywhere in the world to do all these crazy things. He doesn't want to be there and he is hurt by it. It's like the story of, uh, of in the Gemara, of an orchard, there's an orchard of a king and the king realizes that someone is eating his fruits. So he, he takes away all the, all, the, all the guards that he has for the orchard because he sees they're eating them. So he takes them out and he hires a lame man and a, and a, and a blind man. He says, these two guys will not be able to get to the fruit and they're gonna take care of my orchard. But one day the king goes out and he sees again the fruit are gone, like someone's eating them. So he hides behind the bushes in front of a tree that has some, some fruit and he hides and he's waiting to see what's going on and he sees, ah, oh, the lame guy is, is the, the blind guy is standing up and the lame guy jumps on his shoulders and he's the one that's grabbing the fruit. So 
This is the same story between us, our, our body is the lame guy. And the blind guy is the, no, the, the soul, the neshama, the godly neshama is the, lame, the, the blind guy. And the, and the lame guy is the animal soul, is the one that wants pleasure, pleasure, pleasure from the world. So once uh, these two souls, the, when the body dies, yeah, the animal goes into the grave, it's gone, it's done, it's a, it's, 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 it has a, a, ter a terrestrial ex existence, it doesn't transcend, it's not infinite, but the godly soul is essential, it's, 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 it's completely infinite, it never ends. But he has stains on him, and these stains were created by the animal soul because they were, he made him do these things. So the same thing is when you go and you do things that you shouldn't be doing, it's your animal soul, the one that's taking you there. And the poor soul, the godly soul is dragged into these things, has to go to this restaurant where he shouldn't be sitting there, he's doing things he shouldn't be doing. And, and he's part of it, he's a partner in the world, but he suffers so much, he suffers. He doesn't want to be in that place. All he wants is to connect to Hashem and eat kosher and pray and give sedaka and learn and do good. That's all he wants. But the animal part of us is the one that drags him around the, the, the lifetime. So we see here that, that the Rabbi Pakuda is telling us, awake my brother from the slumber of your ignorance and have mercy on your soul, which is the noblest of all things entrusted to you by the Creator. So when we arise in ourselves, mercy for our godly neshama when we tap into this godly part of us and we feel bad for it then we will be able to do the things we need to do so you have within you my brother a precious and honorable soul yet with it you have paid honor to this lowly transitory world ignoring that there's a future there's a world to come and so you're living la vida loca here and now without thinking hello <laughs> there's another world after this one and I'm gonna have to give an accounting there and I'm gonna have to clean myself up so he says hurry while the gate of repentance is open and acceptance and atonement can be found as it says seek God while he can be found call for him while he is near this is in Yeshaya so we can do this every day of the year it doesn't have to be in the month of Elul but this month of Elul is auspicious for that because the king is in the field. It's when we're most in tune with the soul. The, the, the Rosh Hashanah comes, Yom Kippur comes, the high holidays, we're in a high. This soul is completely uh, in a high. But then the month of Heshvan comes and we're back to normal, back to the same old ways. So take advantage of this time. Connect on your godly part and feel, feel for this part of yourself. So he says here, one who repents at the end of his days is compared by the early ones to a person with silver drachmas. I had to Google up drachmas. Drachmas is a coin that was silver coin that was used by the Greeks in his possession who had to cross a mighty river. So this person had to cross a, a mighty river and he had this bag full of drachmas and he started to throw them into the river to see if he could stop the current so he could throw so he could cross the river and he threw all of them into the river and he kept one and which he held on to but the river was un so unaffected by these drachmas like it was nothing to it the current was 
out of control, the, 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 these coins wouldn't stop the current. So he finally saw a boatman and he called him up and he gave him the last drachma and he asked him to cross him to the other side. And so take this drama, he says, and he gave it to him so he would cross him to the, to the other side. And so with the last drama, he accomplished what he had failed to achieve with all the other drachmas. And so the, the Rabbi Pakuda is telling us, this is the way of God. Like we throw away all our opportunities in our lifetime. We're throwing these drachmas, thinking we're gonna stop the current. And suddenly at the end of our lives, we have one last card. And Hashem takes our repentance even to the last breath. It says one minute of repentance in this world is worth more than the whole world to come. So Hashem is always there. He's waiting for us. He's sitting patiently, waiting for someone to come up to him and say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna get in the right direction. He doesn't wanna harm us. He doesn't wanna do bad to us. He just wants us to repent. And so he says here, even if he spent most of his days immersed in what is not to the service of God, when he turns back in repentance at the end of his life, the Creator forgives him all his past misdeeds. As it says uh, in Scripture, none of the transgressions he committed will be held against him. None of the sins he committed will be held against him. And he finally says, finishes this chapter, let it not bother you, my brother, that I encourage you to watch yourself while I have for a long time neglected to do the same. So imagine this book was written more than a thousand years ago and he's still talking to us, Rabbi Pakuda. He's telling us, don't be foolish. Turn around, you have time. Why would you wait till the last minute in your, in your life? So he finished us saying, may God in his mercy set us among those who hasten to him and return to him wholeheartedly. And the seventh gate is completed. With the help of God, may he be exalted. So this is the end of chapter, the chapter seven, the chapter of the gate of um, repentance. Next time we will start the gate of self-accounting. And so I want to wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.